0: Once back?
1: Do you not? Oh, yeah.
0: You're wearing mine. <laughs>
1: there okay. they are. I knocked them on the ground. <clears throat> that didn't work. Let me unpack that for you a little bit. <laughs>
0: That was so peaceful. It sounded like the beginning of like a commercial. I liked it. Welcome, Allegra. (laughs) Uh, Have you been not enjoying? Well, you can't see. (laughs) Well,
1: you can't see because this is a a audio. Is that the whole room turned brighter, more vivid colors when I went? (sighs)
0: That was a Pleasantville. Yeah, Pleasantville. Uh, Well, I
1: was thinking Allegra commercials, but also Pleasantville. Yeah, Oh,
0: true. We could crossover. This is Brady Harden. Uh I And this here is with a
1: crossover episode of a commercials
0: <laughs> in
1: Pleasantville.
0: Yeah, this has been our first episode in a really hot minute. Uh yeah. I think once COVID hit, life went weird. And then on oh, top of that, sure. like life just went weird in general with podcast world and like having to deal with making ends meet how are we going to get kids to school or not oh and God. and just oh, triggered life um <laughs> but it's been a long time and it's really good to be back
1: it is we're back in the studio we got there's there's a little bit of uh, some upgrades
0: have happened
1: although ironically we're having like more technical difficulties than normal <laughs> <laughs>
0: who cares because it's, i have an
1: outdated audio interface but
0: it's Love, uh, but it literally faceless the audio. But, um, Chuck, what would you say is kind of like, how has your life changed? Oh my God. Since our last <laughs> episode?
1: Oh my God. That's like, I don't know. I don't even know how to quantify that. Like, I, I, COVID for me was like a chance to hit, hit the reset button on my life. Yeah. yeah. And I fixed a lot of things about my life life that i didn't like you know so i was like you know i'm i'm like starting in a new industry now i got out of bartending or i'm working on getting out of bartending at the moment um i did like so much meditation and like dealing with my mental health in a way that is like organic and and like more lasting mm-hmm. you know because i had the
0: time Right, like so much time of like having to reflect. I think like so much of us being busy is not wanting to have that alone time at home. Yeah, where it's just us. Yes, and it sounds like you benefited from that in great ways.
1: Yeah, I did. Um, I remember like it was probably like three weeks or a month in to like. I guess I guess sort of the NBA canceling like marks the beginning okay. in so many ways, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Whereas not it's in like, my life, oh, but shit, sure. This yeah. is real. Like there were billions of dollars at stake and they decided to cancel. <sighs> sports ball. Yeah, sports ball. Um, but it was like a month or so after that, like when my bar was closed. And I think I realized that I was like I felt rested for the first time hmm. and like I mean since I was like a child wow <laughs> you know or is like oh is this what it's like to not feel tired like, <laughs> like i was like i have energy like i'm happy to be awake i'm waking up earlier i started waking up at like seven thirty and 8 in the morning nice is, like, nice to- i haven't done that since i was an adolescent and it's still like difficult to do but it got to the point where it was like sustainable you know mm-hmm. yeah man i mean it was like Something really clicked when I felt when I realized that I felt rested, and then that was not a part of my regular life. Yeah, you know, I was like, "Oh, I'm doing something way wrong."
0: <laughs> right, right. You know,
1: or like the system that I'm part of is like super flawed, which is also part of it. Like being in the capitalist system, it's like you're, and that's kind of part of it. To be tired
0: too is when we have that time to be alone and understand who we are as people. We start to see where we place into that, like a cog in that machine in that right. system and kind of gives us more of an objective approach to looking at it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good way to put it. Yeah. It was like a little bit of objectivity in the way that I look at myself, you know? I like, love Whoa. that. Yeah. Um, I got a lot of reading done or like reading with quotes, which is listening to audiobooks. audio audiobooks, right. right <laughs> which right, I right. think is completely legitimate way i mean i learn i absorb information by listening way better than i do by reading anyway so Mm -hmm. Um, i just want to normalize listening to audiobooks as a means of, of educating
0: yourself Um, it gives, I go through phases too. I'm going through one. That's like a renaissance of reading eBooks right now. And then I'll go through a time where it's like, Oh, you know, I really like physical books. And it's like, but all through that, I'm always listening to audio books as well. I just finished one recently of, um, Leslie Jordan. He is the little, white gay actor who was like in the help and okay. American horror story and everything. Okay. He came from like a Southern Baptist background and talked about how growing up gay affected him and everything. And it was, it was cool. But that's one of my favorite things with audiobooks is listening to people tell their stories in their own voice. Oh, right. Especially yeah. when it's like Leslie Jordan, you for know, because sure. it's yeah. such a distinctive voice. But, uh-huh. um, Good. Yeah.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man, I I feel like I I sorted out a lot of things that I just genuinely didn't have time to figure out before. Yeah, it it like I know that like I want to acknowledge that like quarantine was an absolutely like atrocious experience for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It was not for me. It was it was like it was like art school or so. I mean like not art school like uh, <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah, like like summer camp. It was like summer camp for me.
0: <laughs> I like that. Um, <laughs> Mine was a little different, I guess, like when it came to some of the logistics, just like as a single parent and having to do my son's schooling for that yeah, semester that's and a lot, at the same time that I was like working from home. And another thing that made that very difficult is because at the same time in quarantine, kind of similar to your experience, I had a lot of reflection. I was able to understand more of my neurodiversity and, yeah. um, understand like how, I, I identify more of like ADHD, and like I think that's more of like where I'm at, and, and, and understanding the implications of that, and um, certain medication, and also like restructuring my life and how I organize myself into a way that really helps even more. Um, but I had to learn that real quick mm-hmm. um you know juggling yeah. all of those things and it was it was frustrating and,
1: and if you hadn't learned it like how bad would that have been
0: <laughs> right <laughs> not easy you know i don't know if i would still have a job or whatever but right. like um it was something i'd learned and so you know having this time away from the podcast it was helpful to have like one less thing that was in uh, the cooker right right but at the same time it was just it was not easy for a while, but whenever found my, my sea legs, um, really did benefit from understanding myself more and reading more books and understanding my neurodiversity and, um, how I can lean into it and more of meditation and, um, just trying to find the word. This has been one of my really important things too, is just learning how to word, my deconstruction experience Uh and in understanding that that is a form of mental health as well as to equip yourself with the terminology and the vocabulary to express yourself. Yeah. Even these like super complex feelings and um, that's been very enlightening. And uh, dude, I feel like for
1: me, like when I hit that, like for me, the moment that I sort of like begin to, start conquering something that i'm Mm. wrestling with is when is the moment where i start finding language for it or i find a metaphor for it that Mm. like captures it you know what i mean because then it's like okay i got you now because i can like use this metaphor to explain you and now that i can explain you you don't have nearly as much power because you're not big and scary and foreign you are uh, akin to something I'm already familiar
0: with. Name one metaphor that sticks out in your mind that's like had that sort of function uh, in your life. Oh,
1: a uh, huge huge one for me that I came up with pretty early in my deconstruction was um, the idea of God as an abusive father. Mm. Where it's like, mm-hmm. okay, if you, if you didn't talk to Hilo right. when he c- talked to you, you know, I'd be a bad that would be—you'd be a bad father, right. and if you didn't help or heal Hilo when he wounded himself, or like at least take him to the hospital, mm-hmm. you would be abusive, and you would probably have your kid taken away.
0: Or it should absolutely
1: right, and it, it was that realization that like, oh, this is this is how God behaves. <laughs> this is how the God that I've been viewing as a father behaves. That's really. And it's, that was like, okay, i can I could feel much more comfortable disregarding yeah. this idea of
0: God because you could stand on that now. you yes. know what I mean like you yeah. you another way to to word what you've done just recently, I've like had another way of wording that is um God's relationship, understanding God's when I was growing up, right? The idea of God, how he interacted with the metaphors, like. God is a good father. He's a good shepherd. He's this, he's that he's, he's love. Right. Understanding the relationship is that he isn't putting meaning into those comparisons or metaphors. He's extracting the meaning. Mm-hmm. Um, it's passing mm-hmm. that judgment of, Oh, he is a good father, but there's no supporting evidence for that. It's just that, that judgment is now something that he has taken but hasn't put a penny back into the leave a penny take a penny thing it's just always taking from those metaphors right not adding to them because there's right. nothing really in the bible that you could say oh well, he was a good father there he he sacrificed one son to save a whole bunch okay but then you realize who is he paying the ransom to himself? Who is requiring <laughs> right. it himself? So like that metaphor dies, but God it was
1: having a bad mental health day.
0: <laughs> but like it doesn't matter because that relationship isn't one of two sides. It's only a one sided relationship with that metaphor. Right. You know? That's important. I like that. I think one of the early ones that came into my ministry or like deconstruction, my ministry was a friend of ours, uh, who was in the ministry at that time was called into a meeting with the pastors and the pastor is the one who put her in that position. And one of the elders was an asshole and said, mean things to her. And the pastor sat there and didn't intercede. Right. And then afterwards wanted to apologize. And that metaphor was so much of how I felt God responded to my spiritual abuse Mm. that he brought me there. Mm -hmm. It was because of my belief and dedication to him that I was in this situation to be abused by these like leaders and these like pastors But once I was there, I was on my own. Mm -hmm. And that metaphor, like just that, that example, that, that, that that adage or that little story just stuck with me and really helped shape my deconstruction and how I started to view things from that point on.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Hmm. Damn metaphors.
1: I know. Right. That shit helps. Well, Um, you you
0: fight, you fight metaphors with better metaphors, (laughs) Right. Right.
1: Right, right. Yeah, you fight. Well, I would say you fight traumatic experiences with better metaphors. Yep, true. Like that's like. Yeah. I mean, that's where that's what has helped me over the last few months, like mm. grow quite a bit. And, and I, I mean, like probably my whole life, and probably my whole deconstruction is like, if I really boiled it down, it's like I struggle with something, I come up with language for it, and then I start to move past it. Cause I have language for it. Yeah. Yeah. But it takes time. I mean, there's a, there's a significant gap between like, I'm done with that part of my life and I've learned the language for it. It's just the beginning, but it's the beginning of like winning, you know, Mm. or at least that's how I kind of see it. That's why it feels so huge when you find the language.
0: Yes. It's freeing. I I think, uh,
1: you're like, Oh, this is the elixir, you know, (laughs) like Joseph Campbell. Campbell. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, I think Jamie Lee Finch, like, whenever she was starting off was really... Jamie Lee Finch. Jamie Lee Finch. Jamie Lee Finch. The way that she talked about, like, uh, you know, being like a lighthouse and when you talk about your experience and honesty about it, then other people who have that hear Mm -hmm. it, and they're like, no, that represents me. And so it's that same process, right, of, like, that sort of, like, language and education of... Yeah. You learn about it, you're able to define it. Right. And you yeah, don't have
1: to come up with the metaphor yourself. You can find it, you know, somewhere else. Yeah. like, or you can broadcast it to other people. Yeah,
0: for sure. As a podcaster, for that's what we do here. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, and it also, like another big thing since we've broadcast last—I <laughs> don't know if that's the right word—but um, you know, there was a big change and and events that happened in the the facebook group and oh, uh yeah. people that we respect and like and we had disagreements and yeah had, uh, didn't want to handle the situations all in the same way and communication broke down and yeah it was not a good situation uh I'm glad that we put things on pause for a while yep. and kind of allowed ourselves to take a step back and learn and grow. <laughs> boy. Oh boy. Uh, but at that time it was, that was hard, right? Oof. Yeah, that
1: was, yeah, that was hard. Yeah. <laughs> that I was mean, a hard uh, thing to have
0: to go through. And not to like, not, not, necessarily not like,
1: just for us, you know, not right. for everybody that was involved. It was a very hard thing to go through and, you know, yes i guess without like i don't want to get into too much details but i don't want to i don't want to act like we had the worst you know well, uh, or that you, it didn't happen you and i and the mobs did not you know get the worst of what all went down so it's you
0: know yeah and the important thing now is that we've learned we've all learned and like the the group uh, is we've mods in place that i've been doing a great job and have like yeah we we totally
1: replaced the mod team after that
0: yeah it started renew like like, fresh and it was i feel like a good decision for us and a good decision for everyone around i feel like it's created a more safe online group 100 percent. yeah uh
1: yeah that yes we and, are, mu- we are so much better at monitoring that group
0: now. And I'm very grateful for <laughs> yes. the moderators who we had. And even if things didn't work out, but now the ones that we have as well and uh, that things are working out. And for me, the important thing is I, I just want to continue to have a space and have conversations about people who are coming out of deconstruction because this is a phenomenon. that's happening as it's happening. We're mm-hmm. here. And, uh, people need safe places to question and to figure out who they are and their beliefs. And that's what I want to focus on. That's Mm -hmm. what I want to be able to do. And Mm -hmm. that's how I want to be able to contribute into that world, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, all of that to say, like, I think, uh, a lot of important things were learned at a phase where it was important to learn them in Mm -hmm. the process. And that's, uh, huge
0: and, and it also huge. happened just in that like super hot pot of quarantines world you know like that oh, 20 yeah, yeah, yeah. world and
1: nobody had anything to do but look at their computers oh and god right and so
0: coming yeah coming out of that i think has been really important and just kind of getting back into sunlight and yeah. uh, opening the windows and having things fresh and it's been it's been nice yeah and i'm glad that you know, over this time, like shows can be back and the show can continue to help. And my, the the thing that I want to focus on with this new season is providing that language to like Mm -hmm. that we are talking about. Mm -hmm. And the more that I think we do that and keep it as nuanced as the deconstruction world is at, at each point, Mm -hmm. um, that sort of language I think is going to help people and not in a way that instead of focusing on the specific belief systems that people have now to focus on how do we find what's healthy for us? Mm-hmm. How do we find what actually is equal and inclusive to other people that actually are uh, pushing our species towards a better direction mm-hmm. um i think that's important does mm-hmm. that make sense what do yeah, you feel yeah yeah definitely uh,
1: yeah i mean it's if we don't have that conversation people are just going to sit in trauma soup for the rest of their life you know what i mean because mm-hmm. it's that's the that's really the important conversation because it's that's how you move past i mean in so many ways after you deconstruct christianity is still the center of your life because it because it has such a hold. Yeah. You know, because yeah. it's like you're so traumatized and angry and like processing all of these terrible experiences and trying to justify who you are to yourself, but also like to, you know, your family, if your family is religious, which most of us, you know, our families are, or our friends that, you know, we hang on to after deconstruction that we're just trying to validate same. ourselves, right? right? Yeah. And it's like, if we don't, if we don't find that language and find that way, the ways to put that trauma in a different frame. Hmm. Then it's still just running. It just gonna sit there, right. Yeah.
0: And I think it's important too to have language that kind of empowers people over ideologies. That mm-hmm. if it's like this mm-hmm. ideology or this belief system of like these this narrative belief is what kind of created the situations that created this abuse and created trauma. Um to me it's it's important to kind of address that mm-hmm. and to figure out a better way forward. That doesn't just keep perpetuating mm-hmm. that sort of situation over and over. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was one, one thing that I think of is, uh, when it comes to doubting or questioning, uh, your doubts and questions should matter. Uh, right. And, and I feel that there's a lot of, uh, People who want to kind of like pat doubting on the head and, and mm-hmm. defang it, you know, mm-hmm, kind of mm-hmm. mean make. It, yeah, your 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 doubts and questions are fine, but just don't do it too much, or don't right, do right, it in right. a way that gets in our way.
1: It's like the way Biden treats Black Lives Matter. <laughs> okay, it's like it's like yeah, we're gonna yeah, we're gonna yeah, you know we're going to do more training for the police or something, you know, it's going to be okay. And Mm -hmm. it's like, we're fucking getting shot. Like, will you please like, you know, do something about it
0: more drastic. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's it's like, that's kind of how churches treat doubt. Uh, Mm. You know, it's like, oh yeah, you can process your, you know, your, your feelings of doubt. Like, you know in our it's like you can you can struggle and you can wrestle yes like the yes language, yes, yes. Like, wrestle with god but it's like right don't just don't conclude that jesus didn't raise from the dead or whatever you right. know what i mean it's like or that jesus wasn't god or whatever
0: or that uh, jesus was just a teacher but still deserves to have communities centered on him two thousand years ago for some reason right right, <laughs> right? right, right. like uh, yeah i mean it's it doesn't it doesn't add up, and so I think what i what i what i what I see uh with deconstruction what I'm learning and reflecting on is well what about those people who 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 aren't gonna fit into these progressive spaces or these other church spaces that that um maybe their doubting was the wrong brand of doubting mm-hmm they did it too much. Well, what about us? And, and, and is it okay for communities to uh, be inclusive to everyone, but people like us, like, is that okay? Or, you know, and just really reflecting that and understanding now, like um, people should be empowered Mm -hmm. in our deconstructions. I think deconstruction is a, it's a, it's a demonstration. It's a act of empowerment towards people taking right. the power that we gave up as kids starting as children right. many of us or
1: yeah yeah right or as an adult or yeah. as an
0: adult if we came in later but mm-hmm. the, the power and and the autonomy that we gave up our deconstruction is potentially the ability to bring that systematically back home to where it belongs mm-hmm.
1: yeah 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 because the Nash natu- it's like Big picture, right? Because it's like the natural state of humans is to is to not have dogmatic beliefs that separate each other. People, right? right? Yes, yes. In a sense, I mean, like we haven't been that way in a very, very long time. But you know, it's like it. It seems like that's the goal, right? Mm-hmm. Is to is to break down any barriers that we decide aren't necessary, which is most barriers, yeah, um, and so yeah it and it, it's bigger than leaving your faith, it is like taking a step toward a more whole humanity in yeah. the future, and like m- maybe not even a whole humanity, but maybe like a whole earth or a whole like existence of. Life on this planet, right? It's like mm. even bigger than humanity, right? Because if we get along, then the the earth, the whole Earth benefits, right? Because we're Absolutely. not, yeah, we're not so destructive, you know. So it's like it's like almost a little like hippy dippy, but like big picture, it's not, you know, it's not hyperbolic to say that an individual deciding that they are no longer going to submit themselves to to dogma that they deem. An unnecessary reason to divide people. Mm. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. When a million individuals decide that, it makes a difference.
0: God, that's such a good point. Like, it's been my experience recently with like uh, like a progressive church that I've been reading up on and, and questioning the pastor because I, I I don't understand it. I don't mm-hmm. get it. Um, and then the questions... You don't
1: get progressive Christianity, what,
0: Brady? Here's what I don't understand. Is <laughs> on the church website, it was like, we are inclusive of all all capitals, like ALL, all caps, all people. And then went on to say, but then as I started to question him, it, it isn't an inclusive community for all people. It's an inclusive community for Christians, uh, for people who are doubting but are staying loyal to Christianity. Or people who um, are questioning... And will land in that, in that, in the space that they're comfortable. Right, with. right,
1: right, right. Because if somebody yeah.
0: doubts and they yep. land outside of that, they're not welcome or whatever. So, right. What it reminds me of is like my white ass male ancestors who wrote the Declaration of Independence or mm-hmm. you know started our country and is like uh, for all people. But then to find out, no, right. it really wasn't no, it all wasn't people. No, wasn't all people. Yeah. Um. And, and yeah,
1: it, you know, it's like it's like, hey, yeah, you can be in my band. Oh, you play oboe. Hmm. Mm.
0: Yeah, yeah, we weren't looking for a noble player. Yeah, <laughs> but then it becomes everybody re- can be in our band.
1: But then it becomes the play. responsibility
0: of people who are not part of that all to say, why aren't we part of that all?
1: Right, right, right. Um,
0: and to me, like I hear a lot of like people say that the point of religion is to bring people together. To me, that seems like if that is the goal, then. Um, We would be willing to let go of these metaphors that claimed exclusivity or are intrinsically treated as if they have claims of exclusivity. Just it would make sense that. If the ideology is the focus, it's ideolo- it's, it's idolatry, uh-huh. <laughs> right? Cause the focus isn't the metaphor. The focus is right. the meaning right, and right. the values behind the metaphor. So if it really is about unity and community, the focus
1: is Jesus Christ, Brady,
0: <laughs> right? Then, then people would be willing to give up their triggering metaphors. Just as Jesus said, don't let your brother stumble.
1: Right, right, right. Or right.
0: don't, don't well, offer that meat that's been don't sacrificed. Don't wear tight
1: shirts so they masturbate, <laughs> That's what that meant.
0: That's all Jesus meant. Exactly. But, so uh, I've
1: been, I would... Oh, do you want to say
0: just that exchange, that sort of like relationship? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I would frame it differently, uh, probably in a way that you would not, it, which is totally fine. That's why we're different people. But I tend to think that... So for me, a lot of my journey over the last year has been a move away from... Like I was... I would say pretty much from 2015 when I deconstructed... or 2014 when I deconstructed until earlier this year, I would have called myself a hard materialist. Meaning, like, I don't really think that there's anything beyond what can be observed using, you know, our senses or machines, right? Um, But... That has sort of broken down for me, not by any will of my own. But I would say that, like, so part of me reflecting on my deconstruction, which I'm I'm always trying to do, not obsessively, but like, if you look back every few years afterwards, you might start to think, oh, I, I think of this experience differently than I did when it first happened, right, or when right. I first deconstructed. <clears throat> Blah, blah, blah. So it's like one of the things that a lot of... it's This is like a topic of a lot of debate, I think, in post-Christian worlds is like if you had an experience where you saw somebody actually get healed or you saw, you know like really charismatic crazy shit happening but you maybe were the one getting like blown over or whatever and you had this experience of like actually getting knocked the fuck over and you're like Mm -hmm. i don't know how to explain that or for a lot of people it's just the conversion experience it's like i felt a profound sense of forgiveness that was meaningful to me and that's what i kept going back to and that's what kept me in the system for so long you know right right and it's like, to me, that's the, that's a mystic experience. And a mystic experience is a universal thing that exists in every religion. I mean, there's healings in every religion. There are, you know, in encounters with otherworldly beings and every religion, whether they're in your mind or not, is not really my Mm -hmm. concern, you know? It's just that it is an experience that people have, and to them it feels very real. What the error that every religion makes, I think, is that they say, oh, you just had this experience, here's what it means, and here's this book that explains mm-hmm. the profound sense of forgiveness you just had. It's this God, and these are the stories about him. And it's like, you don't fucking know that, man. Like, right. you don't know what that was. There's
0: a level of, like, supernatural conflation right? of um, you had this experience, now this is how we explain it. It's applying
1: dogma to something that is inherently unexplainable. Yes. And it's, like, so ironic to do that. Because you're like... That's unexplainable. Here, let me explain it. You're like you're literally trying to acknowledge both. Mm-hmm. You know, the unexplainable forgiveness. The un- I can't. I believe in Jesus because I can't explain how it felt to be forgiven by God. Yeah. But then you're like, but here are all the solutions. You know, and it's like that to me is you're applying dogma to something that is inherently should not be have dogma applied to it and it's especially shouldn't be because it's such a powerful experience so it ropes people in if you can convince somebody that that experience means xyz you have them right right and so it's like we need to move away from dogmatizing mystic experiences right it's like Yeah, I I probably never would have, if somebody had come to me and and said, like, here's the Buddhist path, here's the Hindu path, here's the, you know, whatever, Baha'i path, you know, it's like when I was 12 and I was sitting in my room having these, like, worshiping experiences where I'm, like, listening to worship music and experiencing what I would have at the time called Jesus, which I would now maybe call the divine, maybe call the universal consciousness, maybe call it, like something in our brains that makes us feel connected with everything you know whatever it is i don't really care what it is that's the whole point of why i'm saying this is it's like we need to stop hijacking that experience and saying that it means xyz because it's like so much the heart of like why humans are so divided over religion you know
0: yeah yeah because it's like taking a
1: sacred experience that's deeply personal and saying that was brahmin or whatever
0: recontextualizing it to affirm this entire conflated story and history and everything that has no it's it's putting the cart before the horse it's a prejudice yes it's it's not saying yes uh here's what you experienced uh and this is what it is it's what is saying that it's saying. You experienced this, it is this, now therefore believe this. Yes. And, and you have to. And that conflation is inappropriate. It's wrong. One thing that I it's, noticed
1: it's coer it's manipulation and coercion is adapt- what it is at the end of the day. And it's, it's, it's a big bang- like, sp- yeah. And I think a lot of people do it on accident because they don't know better. Right. But it's still coercion and manipulation.
0: Uh, it makes me think of a cult. Documentary that I watched when I was deconstructing. I think it was called um, Holy Hell, but it was kind of this guy would produce psycho, give them drugs, produce feeling in them, and then uh, without them knowing, and then tell them, well, that is. That is the touch of the divine. That is this God that we, that has empowered me to teach you all. And so then it, um, and so it's kind of like when it comes to manipulative storytelling, like the passion of the Christ. Mm-hmm. So we're watching Jesus being whipped and, 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 naturally as, as empathetic people, uh, we care and we, we see them. And, and, but then it's like, oh, well, that's the Holy spirit then because right. you're being, and it's um, what I hear you yeah, saying. Yeah, that's
1: like an even more stripped down, like bare bones version of what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because what- that's
1: just appealing to basic human empathy.
0: But wh- what I hear you saying though, is kind of that thing that all of these belief systems have in common because they're intrinsic to the human experience. They're not intrinsic to any one of those belief systems at all. Right, Correct. Um, None of them have the essence. None the of horse. them say my essence is, uh, but <laughs> right. you know it, it's right whatever. there's no
1: way there's no way for the text to con to connect itself to your mystic experience there's mm-hmm. no way for those two things to actually there's no way to prove that the text is that so you know?
0: what is it that each one of those belief systems then like starts to do to claim that as their own well it has to do with the music Right? Mm -hmm. Like it's the same repetitive thing, but then it's like, no, our music invokes the real feelings that it should be, Mm -hmm. not like the other religions that do the same thing. It's completely different. Not
1: like those theologically incorrect worship songs.
0: Exactly. And you even get those distinctions even within the same (laughs) religion and sect, right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, And so it becomes where each one is trying to claim the same human intrinsically like experience. But each are trying to claim it as proof of their divine stories, instead of finding language that, um, I don't even want to demystify it. I mean, I personally, because that's more of my flavor than than you. But mm-hmm. like, what I hear both of us saying is, well, let's find new language that actually describes that mm-hmm. in a way that describes its essence mm-hmm. and how it helps humans. Mm-hmm. Instead of making it a, misusing it as a form of representation for a deity that actually doesn't show up. Or like,
1: even more so, like, most deities represent an ideology, right? So it's Mm -hmm. like, you're really hijacking the mystic experience to promote your ideology. Tribalism. Yes. Tribalism. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's all of that. Right. So anyway, yeah, it is, it is very important to, um, to call out, I think people that are, you know, I, the phrase call out has a lot of baggage, but to draw attention when a person is, um, trying to appropriate the power. Yeah.
0: Claim, claim
1: exclusivity, Mm. uh, or, no, 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 claim inclusivity is what I meant to say. Um, when somebody's trying to... To go back to your point, when somebody's trying to claim inclusivity, but they're often unaware of what that actually requires.
0: With the people, you know, it's it's all the people, right? Right. Or white white men who own... Right, right, right. I right. mean,
1: it, it's it is it's so much white men, but it's also like... It's the same thing with, you know, if you were raised to be uncomfortable around black people, and you claim you want to be inclusive... You have to meet Black people, not not just like be like you can come in here, you're allowed, but you have to be like I appreciate what you are bringing to the table. Yeah, and you, that's a totally different ballgame.
0: It's important that they say they're included, not for you to say that they are. Yes,
1: yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, for sure. And,
0: and so when I see like these like, progressive churches, like no, we include doubters. Well, as a doubter, mm, you right, don't
1: right. Like what? Like, can I go to that church you were talking about and do a sermon about why Kanye West's "My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy" is the greatest album of the 2010s? Because I have a lot of good things to say about it <laughs> that would that would be beneficial to people listening.
0: I I think the spectrum of what's beneficial may be a little different proportionate here, but continue.
1: you know, it's there. Yeah, right. I it's it's yeah. there, and I'm using it because it's an extreme example. But that's the point. That's like the whole point. If you want to claim exclusivity, you have to be ready to like cater to the fringes.
0: Inclusivity. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. And and to benefit them for the essence of who they are, not how they can benefit the essence of what you want from them. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to honor doubters, give them the mic and let them talk about why they doubt uh the uh, raise awareness on 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 religious indoctrination, talk about the problematic origins of the Bible and let's be honest about how problematic Jesus is, calling women dogs and like mm-hmm. all of these mm-hmm. things and the exclusivity claims of whether or not those were actually quoted by Jesus or not, sure, sure, but sure. still like treated in a way that is exclusive. I mean, it is exceptional exceptionalism of how Jesus is treated compared to other, other people. And well, he's the good son of God or no, he's, he's not anyway, right. Moving on from that, but just like that, you get what I'm saying? It's just understanding each one of those steps and understanding how to conceptualize it and, and really describe it of how yep. it's operating, how it actually operates in real life, uh, as opposed to how it, Says uh, how it markets itself is operating. Right, right, know? right. I was thinking of an example of that. Uh, I was thinking about the term put yourself in somebody else's shoes, and I was thinking about critical race theory. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we grew up with uh, treat others the way you want to be treated, which is helpful, but it lacks dynamics uh-huh. uh it's not just treat others the way they want you want to be treated because me as a white person i don't know how i would want to be treated as a black person because i haven't been into that experience right, so right, right. it's also treating others the way that they would want to be treated or how you would want to be treated if you were in their shoes Dude,
1: i've, I've thought about that so much and i was having a conversation with my mom actually um where i was she i've been having more conversations with my mom about what i believe and why i am not a christian yeah in like pieces and it's been nice i mean it's like she is uh she's being respectful um which i know is not a luxury a lot of people have i don't know um, what you're talking about yeah exactly but um yeah and i was like i mean for example you know it's like jesus said treat others the way you want to be treated and like i didn't use this example with my mom but the one i always think of that cracks me up I would use this with my dad because it's obnoxious enough that it would like click with his through his thick. Mm-hmm. <sighs> um, but it's like if I have a spanking fetish, that means I should spank you. Jesus. Because right, I right, like right. being spanked. Right. That makes that gives me pleasure. hmm So let me spank you. Yeah. Why wouldn't why don't you want to be spanked? <laughs> and that's like the error in what Jesus said. And it's so funny because there's so many better versions of the golden rule.
0: Right. But and it is. <laughs> from isn't to other say, religions. And, and I'm not bringing that to be like, oh, Jesus really fucked this up. But what it is to say is like there are other there's sources um that when we open ourselves up to them equally, you know, like a metaphor is supposed to, right. uh, it, 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 when you, when you look at them, like without that discrimination or exclusivity or special, like unique treatment that you only give to the home team, uh, without that, we open our, our, our minds to so many other ways of wisdom that, you know, the first step of wisdom is not the fear of God. It's, it's questioning. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And and that's a universal thing. That's a that's a human, that's an intrinsic thing to all of us. And right. so that's 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 a big contextual difference and a big Yeah. When you change your starting point and your direction, right. fuck. Right, right. Yeah. Endless possibilities.
1: Oh man, something else popped into my head while you're saying that, but I don't remember what it was.
0: Um, that's all right. I was saying about uh
1: I think it was before I went on the on oh, the side about tangent that, um, about my mom. So it's
0: Oh, by the way, your mom is unfriended me on Facebook, I think. That's good. Because I said I had a I had a thing I had a I had a status. I didn't design. know my
1: mom was friend had friended you on Facebook. Joyce, right?
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't I, I
1: did not know that So I had <laughs> My mom followed you on Facebook for, for how for long?
0: A couple of years now. What? Yeah, and so uh I had how? commented I had commented, why the fuck does the church need marketing when they have the Holy Spirit? (laughs) And she said... Good point. Oh, no. She said um, something to the lines of, this is too far.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. Good
0: luck on your journey. I hope you find what you're looking for. It was that. (laughs) It was that essence. Oh, mom
1: sorry mom what's funny is she's probably gonna hear this conversation one day and i do not that does i don't care about (laughs) What? that's 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 hilarious i didn't know that she followed you on facebook that's kind of amazing that she lasted two
0: years i am abrasive i can be kind of a like i yeah and and, yeah and
1: you don't know my mom very well but she's she's not a, a she's a very soft person
0: <laughs> like it's part of my morning person. ritual to find a meme that represents how i feel about religion right and right right yeah dehumanizing ideologies for the day and uh i posted and, and that makes me feel empowered uh-huh uh-huh yeah I oh my even... god
1: this is like such a good reveal that my <laughs> I... <laughs> mom's been following you for two years and i had no idea <laughs> I, yeah i know i know
0: <laughs> Yeah, what can you this do?
1: is like the new gossip girl.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: which I have watched both the episodes reboots? that are out. Oh yeah, yeah the reboot. It's uh so far I'm I mean I'm I'm invested. Yeah, you know. So yeah. it could be terrible. I mean the original one was terrible, but I
0: still watched the whole thing over quarantine, so You're right. Um <laughs> you know and on that note, this might be a good time to take a little break and when we come back, what are we gonna come back to, Chuck?
1: Um, When we come back, we are going to talk about whatever it is that we're talking about when we get back. We'll be right back
0: to talk about the thing we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about facts. there chuck <laughs> i didn't see you there how are you hmm?
1: good just uh editing the episode what's up
0: <laughs> what's up oh you commoner and your common talk i guess i'm what you would say <laughs> doing not much <laughs> what is this chuck Chuck, it's me, your pal Brady. I'm practicing patronizing, so I'm working on being more condescending to people. <laughs> oh, do you have any idea where Matt could get some crumpets around here? <laughs> uh,
1: ooh, wh- why are you doing this?
0: You know, for our Patreon, we've been asking people to patronize our page, and I didn't <laughs> want to ask them to do something I wasn't willing to do it myself, so I figured I'd get some practice. In.
1: Oh God, Brady, no, that's huh? that's what? not what it means. Oh, no? listen. Listeners can go to our Patreon page, pick the level you want to contribute. Uh, Each level has special rewards, Okay. like exclusive life after minisodes,
0: or not safe for work bloopers,
1: uh, or like a monthly collection of deconstruction memes,
0: and even personal consultations or meet up with your favorite host Chuck and Brady.
1: Yeah, Brady. Patreon.com/slash/the Life After.
0: <laughs> I guess even you could find it. <laughs>
1: And welcome back to Life After. That's my uh that's my uh oh I can't think of his name, the armchair expert. What the fuck is his name? Deck Shepherd. Deck Shepard, that's my. He he does Ooh, some yeah, he Oak can do some time.
0: really interesting things with his voice.
1: Yeah, he does do some strange things with his voice. He... <laughs> I like him. Yeah, he's is I I enjoy his show. He's a little too centrist for me but but uh i he has some really good guests on his show he does
0: and he has some moments of kind of surprising awareness uh and then other yeah, times yeah, where yeah. it's like uh-huh. oh you could really use a lot more awareness yeah
1: <laughs> that's a very yeah that's such a good way to put it. <laughs> it
0: just keeps you guessing
1: like he's he's so often frames things in terms of men do this and women do this and i'm like oh
0: yeah okay really is this 2021 like, yeah, what? yeah, yeah. <laughs> What did California do to you?
1: Women are more like, and I'm like, you, we were literally just talking about how we need to deconstruct gender like 10 minutes ago. Right, How did right. you get here? Right, right, right. But it's because you haven't deconstructed gender yet. But he's working on it. He's, he's a, you know. I think that's why we like him. He's like a work in progress. Man, that was a tangent. But, you know, I like Dex Shepard. That's he's where we are.
0: <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Um, one thing going forward is knowing how much this show has changed shit for us. Mhm. And how much our life has changed over this. Time. Oh my god, yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> I don't know, like would do, would you like to kind of talk about future of the show and kind of what your
1: Yeah, pla- yeah. Well, okay, so I actually have a a bit of an announcement. Maybe it's a confession, I don't know. Uh
0: are you Saint Augustine now, or are you feeling more?
1: <laughs> Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. <laughs> no, um, I am actually leaving the show. I'm leaving the life after, um, to to do some other stuff with the time that I used to put into it. It's not like I'm like. It's not like me and Brady are having some big falling out or something, and like, you know, or like, um, uh, ki- are like arguing over the artistic direction
0: of the band. Well. Uh... I, I've, always How can you oh, <laughs> I've always wanted more saxophone. Of what is mine? I've always wanted more saxophone in the theme song. But...
1: <laughs> that was definitely a point of of much contention. Much contention. Over the years. How many years has it been? We did the, We started the show in May of 2017, I don't so it's know been four years. years. Yeah. Two seasons in four years. Boy, do we both have ADHD. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but they were two solid seasons. There was no, yeah. there were, they, I really don't feel like there are any episodes that I don't think are worth listening to. Agreed. Well, there's one, but I'm not going to say which one. it well, is. Yeah,
0: that's <laughs> for you all to, to find out. That's for you all to with, figure out. With that said though, like with you leaving, you're welcome back. I mean, time out. I think that there's even a couple of episodes I would like to co-host with you in the future still. Um, And, and I want to just say like,
1: yeah, we got some, some on the back burner, the back,
0: back, (laughs) back, back back,
1: back, back burner.
0: But with that said, like, I don't know, I really value the time that you've put in and I appreciate it. And just the time that we've been able to kind of like spend together the chapter two of our weird friendship that, you know, has always been built on being, the right kind of different and the right kind of same right,
1: right that is such a good way to put it yeah
0: you know and
1: yeah, 100% i really appreciate you saying that man i'm sorry you're not even done yet i'm not even done yet
0: <laughs> uh but like i don't know It just you were one of like those anchor friendships that when i lost everyone in my deconstruction that i was able to kind of not just rebuild a new friendship but also um, a creative partner that can make sense and meaning we were able to make meaning out of the nonsense that we experienced mm. and, and in, the same way mm-hmm. we're able to help. And that meant more to me because it, it didn't just acknowledge what I had gone through, but was able to fasten it into a creative tool that can prevent more of that Right, That suffering for others.
1: Right, and right, right,
0: right. And your part in that was undescribable, and just the, the, the soundness of being there, being present and going through some of that same shit with me and for us to kind of like go through it together and like talk to the same people and question, like that was invaluable. Yeah. And, I, and I appreciate that. And I'm so grateful for uh, yeah. what you've done and what we've been able to make together
1: man hey man that is just so thank you for saying that it's really welcome. good that, that feels really good and it feels right i mean i agree with everything you're saying it's it's the the fact that you are accurately describing our relationship makes what you just said so much more <laughs> meaningful to me. You know, it's, yeah, it's like you hit the nail on the head. Because we have always been different in the right way. It's like right. you were the Calvinist, and I was like the hippie, left like like hippie, progressive Christian turned mystic. And I was always like push. We were always pushing each other, but we wanted to. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It was like. I hated arguing with you, but I but I needed to argue with you. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs>
0: and, and, <laughs> and we
1: would just kind of like be mean and shit on each other, and it was like our <laughs> was subtle way. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, in some ways it was. I mean, not like in a dist- not like in a destructive way, but right. in a way where like if you posted something Calvinist on Facebook, oh, yeah. I had to say a snide comment mm-hmm. about it. But it wasn't like I didn't mean it, but I totally did. You right. know what I mean? Totally. And it's like it kind of. For me, it always reminded me that I might be wrong, Mm. you know? And I think that's, that role has continued between the two of us. It's like, we forced each other to think I might be wrong, you know? Yeah. And it's because we don't see things so differently that there's no way to reconcile the way we think.
0: I was thinking the same thing. Like before we went to break and you were describing your um, your, your, your leaving of materialism and going into and, 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 <laughs> yeah. and really the only difference between what you're saying and I'm saying is uh, we're making ourselves equally responsible for the same experiences. Mm-hmm. We're not adding these other experiences that need by faith, but we're just saying this is. We're only going to make ourselves experience or only what we know mm-hmm. and experience. That's all we're going to be responsible right. for. And to me, that's the important part. I'm not. I don't identify as a materialist, but like that ideology helped me through my anxiety because I had to learn what was real and what wasn't, and that helped me through deconstruction of. Oh God, if I if I have sex with this guy, am I going to go to hell? Well, no, mm-hmm. I, that does stuff is, you know what I mean? So that like, that process is there and, and it, it's the same, it's the same patterns.
1: Right, 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 right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yes. We have, we have d- like g- gone through a lot of the exact same, well, not exact same experiences, but like, uh, same Archetypical experiences, or how would I say that? Like general uh, yeah. experience. archetype yeah, I like are that. Similar. We have solved those problems for ourselves in different ways, mm-hmm. and I think that's part of what made the show work. Is like. I represent a, a group of people, you represent a group of people, we're having a conversation about something that all of our listeners have in common, which is deconstruction. Yeah. So it's like, everybody's kind of able to find the same thing that we have, I think, in a way, yeah. by, because we're, we're always stretching the way that we think. It's we're for, always stretching the way that the other person thinks.
0: When I discuss like a lot of things online about religion or beliefs, though, a lot of people say, "You and I are basically saying the same thing." And and in my mind, it's always a red flag of like, "No, we're actually not," because mm-hmm. there's so many implicit biases that you're not like what we talked about earlier, where we say, saying like, "Oh, our church is for all people." Well, is, is it? Um, right, you know, the, right, there, right, right, there's right. an implicit bias that isn't understood there. But but whenever. I, I'm comfortable saying this, but whenever you and I are describing something and we're using different words and different terminology at the heart of it, I do think that you and I are still kind of saying around the same thing mm-hmm. in a way that isn't really present whenever somebody's like trying to talk about a faith, whatever, because you and I, we're not making room for things that don't show up and haven't earned their place. Right, and yes. so our yeah. terminology of those things yeah. are going to be a little bit different, but at the end of the day, we actually are describing the basically the same things.
1: Right, and right, I right, think right.
0: that that's sort of that's cool.
1: Yeah, that's a good way to dual
0: put description is helpful, and it's not contrary. It's just a difference of subjective yeah style right 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 yeah it's it's a difference in the
1: way that we experience the universe and experience is purely projected sorry um is purely subjective that's the mm-hmm. way
0: because <laughs> if <laughs> you of use- listing our values i think that it would be a few hours before we hit one that we're just like oh wait a second hold on a second (laughs) right you know it's um, Janeway over Picard really oh god that would be hard (laughs) (laughs) that's a hard choice that's a very
1: hard choice Um, I don't think I could make that call no I think I would I think I would actually say Picard I think is my favorite
0: I could make that call but I couldn't be dogmatic on it Right with like you know these years that we've created this show together. What are some of kind of the moments, or uh, if I could borrow from Oprah, the aha moments that have kind of (laughs) stuck with you or taught you something that you're like, okay, I know that I'm going to walk away with this and it's going to change my everyday life in some way. I mean, like
1: everything, everything that we did, Mm -hmm. seriously. But like. I mean it's hard to understate that. Like I don't I'm, that's not gonna be my actual answer, but it's like literally everything we did was profound. Be- Had- not like that we did, but like every episode, every person that we covered, every like every time that somebody made a like framed something in a way that was meaningful or that lasted or that like stuck with people. Yeah. Those were I was right there with everybody you know what i mean yeah and it's like in the moments that i wasn't i was trying to help cultivate those moments because i knew it was like this needs to be said but anyway it's like the biggest thing is trauma the biggest thing is that i understand how trauma works now you know and it's i did not before yeah and it was like for every human it dictates so much of your behavior right right it like so much to the point where it's like I am more, I'm much more aware of my trauma than most humans that exist and walk the planet. And I am still unpacking how it affects my Mm,
0: everyday life. Every day. day. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Every, every day I am unpacking how my trauma impacts how I behave every day, (laughs) you know? So it's like, that was huge. Understanding that, understanding how it works in your brain, understanding what desensitizing means, understanding what reframing means. Um, understanding that is, that's
0: what reframing is one of those words that, uh, once you understand its use, it's like, Oh wow. You almost have we,
1: to experience it to understand it.
0: Like just like recontextualization yes. of, of something really important that you've experienced. Uh, it goes back to that critical racer. It's it, putting it in different shoes, not just treated away. And so, it, uh, the reason I mentioned that thing about shoes earlier was just like, say, the native american teaching about walking their moccasins Uh changes so much Uh right and it's the same concept right here of recontextualizing it and then reframing it and you're like oh i'm the bad guy here Mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. i'm the one who's being implicitly Uh unjust right 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 how do i how would I want somebody who's being unjust to me to admit it, apologize and do better Uh now? I need, you know what I mean? Like, yeah.
1: So, yeah, I mean like all of, all of this, like what's amygdala hijack? Like, what does that feel like? What does it manifest itself as, you know, Mm -hmm. in my life or in your, you know, for each person, it's like, we all are individuals. So we have individual responses to our trauma. So it's like, you know, but more recently it's like, I'm learning like how, trauma lives in my body in like Mm. chronic muscle tension. You know what I mean? It's like, what was this muscle soreness that I have every day of my life? What is that? Like what experience is that? That causes your body to recoil. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so aware now that I like hold my, my left shoulder slightly higher because it's kind of like when you're a kid and you're uncomfortable and you don't like Mm. know what you're thinking about.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Or
1: you don't know what you're experiencing, you know, it's like, that's, Maybe my back tension. I don't know. But I never... Before this show, that thought never, ever would have occurred to me in my life.
0: Right. (laughs) I mean, because both of us ADHD. And and for me, it was just like living in a blur of going from one experience to the other and one feeling to another and not really having the ability to reflect on what's causing these, yeah, what's causing this weird feeling that I'm or emotion that I'm having. That's creeping up that I'm not understanding the right. source of right now or right. whatever. So yeah, that's life changing. Yeah. that's life changing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I had a really, um, this is kind of a tangent, but it's, but it, I think it's pertinent to the reason we do the show. So I'll talk about it. Um, I had a really, uh, interesting experience where I, deconstructed like my sexual shame and guilt. Mm-hmm. And I had to, I had to come into this deep state of meditation. I had to like, um, be able to, basically I was like trying to turn on parts of my brain that I don't normally use so that I could rebuild the neurons, the, the connection, right?
0: You're doing shrooms. right. I was doing shrooms.
1: Um, yeah, but I mean more or less that similar to that headspace, right? And it's like <laughs> I, I I started writing like each time that I felt the feeling that I feel when I experience sexual shame, right? Wow. Yeah. And this is something that I still experience but after doing this work, it's not really something that I experience that much anymore. And it it's always surrounding like I make a mistake of some sort in a sexual space and it hurts it like results in emotional pain for somebody or something like that. Something similar to that. It doesn't have to be precise. It's like, if it's in that realm, I feel like intense guilt. So I, I traced back, I started writing and I traced back like to each, each time that, that feeling like really built itself. Wow. Yeah. And it came back to like, you know, you know, meetings with pastors and, God, like, yeah, yeah, like uh, stuff with my ex-wife that like was like only existed because we were so entrenched in church. And then it was like, you know, uh the first time that I kissed a girl, and I didn't know how, if I should tell my parents. Did you like or it? I did. Okay. I did like it, Um and, but I didn't know how to talk to my parents about the experience because they didn't right. make space for those kinds of things. Absolutely. And it's like I, I traced that exact feeling that is unique to that guilt associated with my sexuality all the way back to being like six. Wow. And knowing what it, knowing what experiences created it just made it stop existing because now it's just the experiences and the fact that I've dealt with them and moved you know, on.
0: That, that makes sense. It reminds me of something else that you've done that Use you, you personally that has really been helpful in the podcast was the introduction you did that uh disqualified hell,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. And
0: what you're describing to me sounds similar uh-huh. to that same thing you're like, taking let's trace
1: it back to its roots
0: a systematic approach to it that gets to the bottom of it mm-hmm. instead of empowering it with. Um, supernatural feelings or, you, you know what I mean? Or mm-hmm. without like attributing or conflating, like we talked about earlier of like, oh, well, this is what that experience was. Without right. doing that, you yeah, have right, like been right, able right, to right, overpower right. it by systematically using human, yeah, human powers. In a
1: way, another way to frame it is that I was able to like remove the moral, demand from those experiences, which well, ultimately means that I removed God shame. from the experience. Uh, yeah. But in order to remove shame, I had to remove God.
0: That's you all, know? that's the root. That's right. the root, right? Well, it,
1: it, it was part of the root. In, was, well,
0: in your experience of, of how you were subjectively taught and conditioned to believe and in indoctrinated as a child, starting then... Um, that is kind of the root for, for me, right, at least. Right, I can't right, right. Say for, sure. for your experience. Yes, but percent
1: like, Yeah. And if it's like, you could even get more technical and say, like, my mom, you know, has a hard time talking about sexuality because of her Catholic upbringing. Mm-hmm. So it's like, God is still the root, even though the problem it was my mom. Was
0: systemically <laughs> like parenting that didn't yeah, meet right. those needs in the right. way that, that should have been there for your development right
1: right so it's it's even you know my grandparents but it they were that way because of the christian god so mm-hmm. it's like you what do you do
0: <laughs> yeah you trace it back you trace systematically it back to you you yeah. define it yeah and you get words for it yeah and then you fuck up its power right. by describing it right by describing it right it's insane
1: yeah that you can do that but i mean but all of this to say and i'm saying it's insane because it is when you really start to understand how all of this shit works and it's like your brain becomes less of a mystery yes which is huge but it's like without this show i would not know any of that and now i'm like i feel like not an expert on it like i wouldn't go on a panel at a university but it's like an armchair expert to
0: bring it full circle yeah, yeah,
1: to Jack yeah. Shepard. It's like, I know a lot about trauma. Though like I, I can teach you about trauma now.
0: I was invited to speak over Zoom at MIT's like humanist group. And I was like, this is actually kind of cool. I'm like this little nerdy, like,
1: Right. Oh, yeah, that's I have right, like, yeah. an
0: unaccredited Bible degree. And here <laughs> I'm talking to like MIT.
1: It finally matters.
0: But I relate so much <laughs> with your experience of how the show has changed you because I think kind of what I was talking about earlier was having language that empowers humans and gives, like, boundaries for us to, like, say, oh, whoa, 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 I'm making boundaries my relationship with deities or ideologies that don't show up in real life, and when I make those boundaries, I know where I am as a human, where I begin, where I end, and where my autonomy is, and my powers, and my whatever, and so I feel like this show has done a lot of that work Mm -hmm. for me, of... Of I grew up with with bullies, Mm. and number Mm -hmm. one, I want to say too, my goal is to continue the show.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The show's not going anywhere.
0: Yeah, I just wanted to make that clear with the (laughs) listeners. Like, it's going to be different. Uh, It's not the
1: end of the life after.
0: I'm gonna we'll figure it out and 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 make it the best. I've got some ideas of life after. (laughs) Some really good like um, interviews that I want to do that might even be nice just being me and one other person because they're very intimate like
1: sure yeah uh, you could go full letterman like
0: yes i don't want to announce it because we haven't done it yet but i'm planning on having my ex-wife come on and oh, cool. and and for us to be able to talk about our experience and how we're able to co-parent and be f- like really good friends now and like trust each other and everything right deconstruction.
1: It's, it's the fruits in so many ways of this show again
0: yeah <laughs> In, in a lot and of it's ways. It's not like you guys
1: aren't doing your own work at your, in your own it, time it, and she's not doing her own work.
0: But it, it had to do with be able to word the stuff that yeah. hurt us and then for us to realize we don't need to hurt each other.
1: Right, 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 right. Yeah.
0: We can provide a better. Fuck we could provide a better way, uh, for our kid that wasn't offered to us, even though we had parents who claimed to have supernatural right. And love. Right. Yeah. So anyway, I want to continue the show and that's, and that's, that's all to say, uh, and, and stay tuned. We'll, we we'll, there be more, but the way that <laughs> the show has impacted you is that's very similar to mine. And I, it just, that has been invaluable of, yeah. Being able to stand up for yourself, because like I was saying, I was I grew up with bullies. Like mm-hmm. my dad was abusive, he gaslit, and and growing up in that experience, I understood oh, people people say stuff, but that doesn't mean it's true. And then um, my my mom, I was going to say my other parent, but I guess you had figured it out. Uh, that parent had to respond to that bullying and became a bully to other people around, and then that trickled down to my my brother, who's older than me, and he was. Know twice my size and loved WWF and uh, was physically abusive to me as growing up. And so I had like three layers of bullies inside of my, my home life. Mm, And I never learned how to stand up for myself or to know where my boundaries are Mm. or where I need to say enough is enough. Stop taking advantage of me. This show has allowed me to do that to my belief system Mm. and a belief system that had, it's handed control on me from the moment I was born and even in systemic ways that you were describing with your family of, of saying, well, no, this ideology fucked them up and and I had to experience their response to it. Mm-hmm. Um, all of those layers were there, but when you grow in that awareness, get a name for it and you can defeat it because you take the power away from it. Mm. And this show is allowed that. And that means a lot. Yeah. Cause again, it doesn't just acknowledge suffering. It's giving the ability to alleviate it and to reduce its potential as we progress as a species mm-hmm. um, as like the sentient animals on earth right now who are kind of in charge of making decisions. Right. Um, and until we're sharing that with aliens, I guess, like it's humans. Right. Right. And, yeah. and this is how this show to me is a step of how we can improve within the context that I've experienced mm. for that greater good.
1: Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. Oh well said. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) For sure, man.
0: That and the fart jokes, man. I just love all the fart Fart jokes. jokes. We got so many fart jokes. Did we did we I don't know. I was just trying to make a juxtaposition of like something meaningful (laughs) to fart jokes.
1: I think we made a lot of there were a lot of inappropriate sex jokes, some of which got cut. Uh, but they still exist on my hard drive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: that's why they call it a hard drive. You know, and it's been cool too have, like the people we've met.
1: Oh, along dude! Oh this my god! Way. So many good people we've met. So many. I there's a. It's. It's hard to say this definitively, but there is a chance that I might not be with my girlfriend if. <laughs> If it wasn't for this show, yeah, yeah, because she came to one of she came to the uh, the party that we had here.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, I didn't know that was like the origin. That was the story. first time I met her. Yeah. Oh my god, that's Isn't that awesome. crazy. Yeah,
1: I never really thought about that before, but that's true.
0: Aw. Uh
1: But we we did meet again later, so maybe we would have met anyway. But I like to think that it's because of the show.
0: It's like lost, you know, <laughs> and when
1: if you flash sideways. <laughs>
0: we haven't met
1: because there's no show. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah but we're,
1: yeah. but we're searching for each other, but we don't know it yet. Yeah. And it's actually purgatory and we're going to meet. Right. And when we're united, then we, we ascend. could walk into
0: that light together. Right. Uh, Sorry.
1: Know. If anybody hasn't seen is currently lost. watching lost, but has not. Oh seen yeah. yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> but also I'm not cutting it. It's 15 it's, years uh, or whatever. right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking of some of just the personalities and people that we've met. And one part that I appreciate about it is, you know, we grew up in St. Louis and we still live here. Uh, getting to like meet these people that we probably wouldn't have been able to meet and hear their experiences that wouldn't have been easily available for us to hear as well. You know, I think that's like a cool part that I love about technology is that, uh, we have the ability to bring experiences to us in ways that, you know, like we don't have to go out and try to find, (laughs) right. i get in a truck and be like, like,
1: let's have a zoom call with this semi-famous guy. Like, right. Let's just do it because we can.
0: Yeah, and just like <laughs> what is what what it and, and what I love about the show and and I've said this like twice already, but what made it important is it, it wasn't about what our new beliefs are at each step. It wasn't right. us trying right, to right, say, right. "Oh, well, now we followed this path and right. we need to do." That was,
1: it. That's what would be like so contrary to the point.
0: It's not about that. We're we're talking about actual real life experiences and have allowed people to share theirs. And then each time you see, Oh shit, my experience intersected Uh right there.
1: Right, right, right.
0: Not in these other weird, like metaphors that you want me to pick up on now. My experience isn't there. My experience is talking about exactly what happens and seeing the parallels there.
1: Sure. Sure. Yeah. 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 That's real. Yeah. It's interesting that I never would have done this show. Uh, if you hadn't, if you hadn't come to me and said like I have this idea for a show, do you want to do it? I never would have done it. But I'm mean, but in hindsight, it's funny because I'm an Enneagram three, and it's like what we do. It's like we, we get into other people's projects and we're <laughs> like, yeah, but what if you this and this and yeah. this. And that's sort of what I did. I just you were like, "Let's do some interviews," and I was like, "Cool, I have top of the line audio
0: equipment." <laughs> right,
1: right. Do you want it to sound amazing? <laughs> like, sure. Like, yeah. So I apologize like, if form, the quality yeah.
0: goes down in the next episodes. But anyway, <laughs> right,
1: right, right. Yeah, and yeah, and I, you know, I was like, "What if we do intros? What if we do some writing outside of the show? You know, uh, what if we?" Since we're having this guest and we don't really want to hear their story, let's why don't we ask them this? Why don't we frame the episode this way? And that's like yeah. that was a lot of my contribution to the what show. What is
0: Enneagram 3? What is that like the title of it? Or oh, the... dude, I am
1: just I'm so late to the party. You are okay. just getting into this stuff, and I, I could remember it if I thought about it.
0: I'm a 4.5, okay. Uh, which is if I'm remembering this correctly, I'm not like super into this. I feel like it's a good it's that relationship people have with like putting into boxes or labels. It's like, no, these are descriptions of who you are. Uh-huh. Not that, Oh, I need to like identify as this. Right. Right. So I really relate to 4.5, which is like a, a romantic who's somebody who's, who had something that was lost. And so they are, are, are there to create things to describe and fill that void. Mm. And then a five is somebody who collects things um, and collects experiences. Oh, right, right, And right. what I realized that as, you know, the way that my Enneagram came through as this podcast is I lost God, right, or this this ideology that was so central in my life and, and hurt me in big ways. And so I wanted to create something to describe that by collecting people's experiences that also... You know what I mean? So it's like right. that reflected so much into the creativity behind this plus your three and it just added together and i think was really synergetic if i can use that word (laughs) synergetic (laughs) promote (laughs) synergy yeah Uh, but it's it's
1: true yeah and it worked well um so yeah yeah man um i feel like that's it, an episode. That's of an the episode, show. baby. Do, do we have anything else we want to say? I um, do. Oh, I guess I do. I do want to say, I want to. I want to go on a little monologue. Um, so, a lot of my, a lot of my life, a lot of my important life moments happen underneath this maple tree in my backyard. Uh, it's like. Right outside of my deck So if I'm sitting on my deck I'm under it But I also have a hammock Tied to it That's tied to the Okay, deck. that's true so,
0: Yeah, It's a nice one
1: Yeah, yeah And I have like a Insofar as I Feel like I can have A relationship with a tree I have a relationship with it hmm. Like I would be a little Heartbroken if it got cut down I feel like I don't know if it has guided me But it has been The place where I feel Comfortable guiding myself If yeah. that's how it works You know and um, I, there was this one day I was out there and I was just kind of vibing. And a lot of times back then when I was just in my sort of default mode network where I was just like not doing anything in particular, my thoughts would latch onto some Christian injustice, right? Because it's like I was in the middle of deconstructing. I had decided I didn't believe in God and it was still... A prominent daily uh interrupter of my thoughts, yeah, at the time, and I started writing down just like I was like so caught up in how angry I was about whatever it was I don't remember. I started like typing up like ideas about how to explain why it's wrong, mm. and I just like started making a list after that of like topics and ways to describe to Christians or to deconstructors or whatever. I wouldn't, I wasn't even using the word deconstruction then, you know, it was right. just like I was in the heat of it and there was nothing then this was before ex This was before us. Yeah. This was before like dare to doubt. There's like, there was very nothing. little. Yeah. And it, if you found it, you were lucky. right? Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and Uh, you would have to go to like a bookstore to find you know marlene Wanell's like yeah right exactly
1: yeah 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 and you're like there was nobody to tell you that that book was good right you know it's like there's this book from 1970 (laughs) am i gonna gonna just blind invest in this book that has a title that i think fits what i'm doing (laughs) you know it's like there's no context anyway I started writing all this stuff down, and it was like I—I I was like, I need to write a book. I need to write a book, or I need to start blogging or something. Mm. Like I need to get this out. And uh, but it, it like naturally didn't go anywhere because I have a hard time initiating projects and actually following through all the way till finish. I will immerse myself in the project for months, but I will never finish it. And then you came along, and we we started talking again because. You came out on Facebook. This was when you were, like, dabbling in liberal Christianity. Okay, yeah. And your whole fucking, you know, inbred hometown fucking came after <laughs> you. And I yes. was just so livid. Because I was, like, fully deconstructed at this point. Yeah. And I was like, these are a bunch of fucking clowns. So I just started, like, shit posting and trolling. <laughs> I
0: vaguely remember this. Yes.
1: <laughs> I was like, fuck these people. Yeah. I remember... um one guy was like, "I said something like really trolly and goofy, and it was like, everybody should just dance or like I don't know, it was yeah, like yeah. everybody should just fucking have fun or whatever." And this guy was like, "You're 27 and you da 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 da," and I was like, "I'm 27 and I have more fun than you." <laughs> like yes. I was just like on this like rant, rebels like, like give a. I Bart just want, Simpson, like this is the exact like, target shit. that I want. Yeah. And I was like I remember afterwards I was like, ah, I hope that I didn't make this worse for Brady by just like trolling all these people. I did not. not, at all. not inside, and
0: just give them time and I would troll them myself mm-hmm. uh, when I was comfortable exactly. enough to start doing that, right? Yeah, you were like <laughs> trying
1: to make space for these people and I was just like, no, fuck these people. Like I need to <laughs> I need somebody to advocate for Brady in a way that's like literally you do not have to value these need- people. <laughs> yes, yes, at yes. all or any of their opinions. And then, so we, as a result of all of that, you like reached out to me because you knew I had left the faith Yeah, and none of us knew a lot of people. You were one of the few people that reached yeah. out to me at that point. Um, I remember like it was like an, small it was a small handful of people. It
0: was like you and... Uh, Priska, that was in season one, oh, yeah. and Jamie Lee one. Finch and yeah. Doctor James Croft. Uh-huh. Uh Even though he had not grown up in Christianity, I... oh no, no, no,
1: this you're thinking later. Oh, it was
0: I'm even before that. I'm thinking about when
1: we. Well, <gasps> no, no, you're right, you're right. So it yeah, was then, and then we kinda, it that was that was when we started a little like, bit before that. We had like
0: a Facebook like message. We,
1: we met at a at um, a Starbucks. No, the um, we met at the 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 falafel place on Manchester what's it called Layla yeah we met at, at Layla yeah anyway yeah so we met at Layla and we had this conversation yes. that was like I want to do this podcast do you want to be a guest and I was like, oh yeah, sure, like definitely. And then it was like we did the first episode which we scrapped mm-hmm. because it wasn't good. It was like too scattered. It didn't like
0: Yeah, it, I was trying
1: to tell my story, but it wasn't like panning out in a way that made sense. So I was like, we need to scrap this cuz I I had also agreed to do like audio and stuff for mm-hmm. the podcast. And I was like, let's scrap it and then we re-recorded and did the episode that everybody has slide. heard. Mm-hmm. And I remember like editing and listening it, and I was like, "I want to do this. This is something. (laughs) Yeah, I want to. I want to be a a co-host." And so I asked you, and you were like open to it, and it was like from there we just like started doing it, and it's crazy because we we literally just interviewed some of your friends, right? And then people just started listening.
0: But but here's the thing: is like when you. What is that feeling that you experienced when you could hear, in your own words, you telling your own story? What did that feel like?
1: I just remembered that I was supposed to be monologuing right now.
0: Sorry. <laughs> it's all right.
1: What? I'll just jump back into the monologue. Um, anyway, so, yeah, so you, we met at Layla, and you, uh, you know, asked me to do the show. I, we, I did it. You know, I did the interview, we scrapped the first episode, we re-recorded it. uh, And then I was like, I want to do the show with you. And it was like, this, it like was not something that I was expecting in my life at all. Like I was not, I was kind of a lone wolf in my Mm -hmm. deconstruction. Like I was like, sort of like. Not like act, not like full on sword fighting all these Christians that I knew, but I was like, being, I was like stepping outside of my bounds, and I did not have anybody there to like help me after those experiences. You know? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, this is the place where I can put all of that. Mm. You know. Um, and it's like, I know there are going to be people listening, but I thought it would be like a few thousand people, you know? And I mean, it is a few thousand people, but like, I thought it would be like, I thought we would work our way up to like 2000 regular it, listens or something. It just,
0: it hit early yeah, in good ways. Yeah. Yeah. That was helpful. Well, it was, it was when we
1: did the episode with Jamie, Jamie, it was for all of us. That was the moment, you know, it's like she nailed the interview and we, you know, provided the space that she needed to say the things that she wasn't finding space to say. And man, it's like it's you know, it's hard to describe it in any way, but like it feels magic, you know? Yeah. It really does. Cause it was like there was so much that we were oblivious to when it happened that ended up being like so much bigger than we thought it would be. For for us internally for us as like you know podcast hosts and for like everybody that listens like we did not know um we didn't know what we were getting into but we but then like a month later we would see the impact of it and it was like holy shit yeah and in so many ways i have to say like this this show helped me believe in myself
0: Hmm, I like that
1: because I have my whole life. I have been, I I collect knowledge. Like I'm a, I'm really good at jeopardy, you know? Mm -hmm. So I like, I collect and I just see, I sop up all of this knowledge and I process it and I have ideas, but I have ADHD. And part of the reason that I am able to like, sop up information and come up with ideas because I have ADHD, but then it's like, I will pour my heart and soul into work, into art, into, you know, a book idea, into a blog post, whatever. And then I'll just like lose all of that momentum. Mm -hmm. And my whole life, it's been this struggle of like, I have all these great things to say. I have all this important stuff the world needs to know. I have this art that I think people would resonate with. And, you know, that's not me being arrogant. It's just like, you know when you have something. Right,
0: right, right.
1: And I've never, until this show, I've never had anything to show for any of that. Wow. And it's not that having something to show for it is like all, all of the value there. But when you do have something to show for it, it's so much easier to think that you can do it again. Or to think that you weren't wrong all those years of believing in yourself and being like, I have something. I just don't know how to get it out Mm -hmm. and we did something that grew and that like resonated with people and that i'm proud of it was good absolutely uh i'm proud of the way we did episodes i'm proud of the music i'm proud of the commercials and
0: even the online community it wasn't even part of our initial plan but the way that that came together yes
1: yeah 100 like we kind of thought that was going to be like a small side thing that we do and it really is kind of the center now yeah. in some ways. Um, and man, I like that is invaluable because I'll live the rest of my life knowing that I can do this. We can if look I can back do at this, this. Yeah. I can do whatever I want to do. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody coached me on how to edit, how to make a podcast sound good, how to ask good questions in an interview. I never learned any of that stuff, but I, but I, I wanted to do it and I did it and you did it with me. And we did it together. And without you, I probably couldn't have done it. And without our listeners, I definitely couldn't have done it. So,
0: I, it's like Doesn't that is it.
1: that's something I will have for the rest of my life. And I it's I can't put value to that.
0: You are welcome back. And if there's times that you find yourself riding there it's your, what kind of tree is it?
1: It's a maple, Your sugar maple, maple
0: tree, and. and God, I just need to get this off my, you're, come back okay, to cool. that. And and, cool, you're, cool. and love in the it. future episodes, I know there's been a couple that we've got playing that we're like, you know, Chuck, would be fun to bring back for this and stuff like that. Yeah. So uh, yeah, you're always welcome back. This is still your that. house. And um, thank you for creating this with me and yeah. for the time that you've put into it and the efforts and what you've done for our community and everybody And Thank you.
1: Thank you, man. Yeah, um, I do want to say I am going to keep doing work in this space, uh, in the space of religious trauma. Um, I have been working on a framework for deconstruction. So basically, what I want to focus on is two things. Is, okay, so I just decided I don't believe in God. What do I do next? is the is where it's i want to start okay and then where i want to end is how do i how do i well okay this is where i think i want to end now because Mm -hmm. this is where my life journey has taken me yeah and who knows what i'm what i'll learn in the process but i think where i want to end is how do i forgive that experience and what does it mean to forgive that experience and how do i remove the baggage of forgiveness from christian language huge right And uh, that's what's been meaningful for me. And that's where, like, my understanding of this whole entity, subculture, you know, world of evangelical deconstruction, particularly, um, that's where that whole journey has taken me to this point. And now it's like, in some ways, I feel like this is chapter three, chapter three of our friendship. There we go. And in many ways, it's chapter three. Like it was like chapter one was Christian Chuck, chapter two is. Deconstructing Chuck, Chapter Three is who knows what's happening from this point on, but it's basically Mega starting truck. right now. Mega
0: Chuck, I'm Mega it, Chuck, I'm Mega Chuck, yeah. I'm gonna grow fifty feet. Make my monster grow. <laughs> That's Rita Rapunzel throwing her. Rita Rapunzel is <laughs> it? Rapunz, Rita, Rapunsa, Rita, remember. Repulsa. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. Rapunzel. Rapunzel. Jesus. <laughs>
1: Let down my long hair. <laughs> <head. laughs> <laughs> on that note, thank, Zorg, you, yeah. thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank yeah. you a million times to everyone who has listened to the show, who has told somebody about the show, um, who has just like written a review, liked it, commented on our posts, commented on the Facebook page. Everyone in the <sighs> Facebook community this, the most beautiful experience I've ever had in my life is watching people grow in that community yeah. and I know oh I'm, not, I'm not like loud in there but I am watching often like yeah. I don't post a lot in there but I am often reading what people are saying and I love it I love it it like gives me so much life thank you to all those people thank you to all the OG mods thank you for all the new mods um, thank you to every guest yeah <laughs> Uh, man, so many. Thank you, Brady. You're welcome. Thank you, Chuck. <laughs> Not thank you, Jesus.
0: Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I don't know. I just one thing I want to say too is just remember, if you don't go to church, Chuck, um, <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, you say you say I want you Sunday want you to get it Sunday Sunday. Mm-hmm. What it's is it? It's just, a. It's just a second Saturday. Thank you so much for listening. I will be back.
1: Brady will be back. And Chuck so will be back will eventually. I, eventually.
0: <laughs> uh but yeah, stick with the show. It's gonna grow. Will you will you grow with us? Talk Keep to growing. you later. Bye guys. Let me
1: put that for you a little bit. the garden back-to-back back stab at and ask for his pardon my mom- Trying to break out the margins Writing reflections on loose leaf Listen hard, my jargon is Darwin Inciting infections of unbelief Like what in the hell is a spiritual walk But meditating on TED Talks Elevating events that are non-stop Circulating your views in a closed crop cutting Converses up like a chop shop With copies and signs like a bookshop Pasted in like Bibles on backdrops Feeling bad for shit on your laptop It's a bad prop for holding beliefs In a sad book, relieving your grief In an outlook that promises
0: peace With a bait hook doesn't release I was caught on the line of repression Asking myself the same question Over and over and over With no progression Decided to change My only direction ahead Leaving the foe for the spread Headed to hell in my bed If living is lying down Then I'd rather be dead They said our thoughts are Dangerous Nobody's
1: Can we trust Like we're made of